What if the goal is simply out of reach? This is Rabbi Yitzchak Price with another episode of Pathless Talks, growth-oriented, partial-related Torah podcasts. We're up to the Torah portion of Va'eschanan, a parsha which begins with Moshe's plea or pleas to God that he may be allowed into the land of Israel, but that is not to be the case. Moshe is going to end his life on the east side of the Jordan River in the area of the Arvos Moab, where they are currently encamped, and only Yeshua, Joshua, his disciple, will lead us into the land of Israel. Nonetheless, Moshe begins a project, the dedication of the city's refuge, the Ari Meklat, Oz Yavdel Moshe, in our parsha, he designates three cities, despite the fact that he will not be able to complete this project that requires three more cities designated in the land of Israel proper. And not only is the project not complete until then, the project is totally ineffective until then. The cities on the east side will not function as cities of refuge until all the cities have been designated, including the three in the land of Israel. The concept behind the cities of refuge, if somebody had tragically killed inadvertently, but with some degree of negligence, he was to escape to these cities to provide refuge from the families of the victim, as well as to be basically confined to these cities, an element of incarceration, to be rehabilitated, to unlearn the lack of sensitivity toward the value of life that had allowed him to make that tragic error that led to the loss of life, and to relearn the value, the sensitivity to the infinite value of human life. Moshe starts the project, initiates what is ultimately going to be effective down the road in the future, but currently really irrelevant. Rashi comments that Afal Pekin, even though he could not do anything yet of consequence, he wanted to start. He wanted to be involved, do whatever he could toward the fulfillment, even if he could not be fulfilling. This idea is expanded upon by the Chavetz Chaim, famed Israel Mayor Kagan of last century Europe uh, in his work on the Torah, the Chavetz Chaim al Torah, they quote over that the Chavetz Chaim would describe that the concept of doing what we can do even when the goal seems out of reach, recognizing that even when accomplishing what seems to be the meaningful end result is not within our capacity, but maybe we have to revisit and redefine what is a meaningful result. Maybe the result isn't the ultimate result, but the degree that we can be involved, the amount that we can accomplish, that becomes the meaningful result. And he describes, quoting the Pirkei Rebbelezer, a very significant early Talmudic work, where in the 27th chapter, it describes don't be distant from a midah, from something, a measure that can't be achieved. Don't hold back or be distant from trying to do a malacha, a task or an endeavor that you cannot finish. Because if you would, if you would say, well, if it's out of reach, I don't bother, who would ever study Torah? Can we consider a possibility of ever coming close to completion of almost any segment of Torah to plumb the absolute depths of any area of Torah, let alone the vastness of Torah, don't hold back. Do what you can do. Recognize the infinite value 
in a subset of the infinite. If Torah is infinite, every subset of Torah is infinite. Every word of Torah is infinite value. And as the Chavetz Chaim describes in a parallel to by dealing with prayer, when somebody was bemoaning the fact, oh, I realized I've gone 50% or 70% or 90% through my prayers, and I was spacing out, I was detached, I wasn't focused. Oh, at this point, what's the use of even continuing? Or what's the use certainly of trying to capture any sense of attention and kavana? So he describes there that the, the, the Talmudic description of a young woman who had a large basket of vegetables that she was selling in the market. And somebody came along and knocked over the basket and people were grabbing the vegetables and running away. And she's sitting there bewildered and someone says, yells at her, wake up, grab whatever you can grab. Whatever you still hold will be yours. If you simply stand there and watch as it continues to go to abandon, it's all lost. Don't lose out because of the fact that currently you have a little bit left to capture. Capture that little bit, value that little bit, do what you can to hold on to that. He describes that if somebody is watching a situation in which a huge stock of gems has been made available and they're spread out, thousands and thousands of gems and coins and other valuables, and there's no way I can grab all of them. There's no way I can grab most of them. There's no way I can grab even hundreds of them, but I can grab tens or a handful or at least one and take advantage of that great value. Very few would say, I'm not going to bother trying to capture the great value of one of those gems because I can't amass all of them. We would go for the gold, so to speak, or in that case, actually do so. So we should do so conceptually when we have the opportunity to grab onto anything of great value. And if we realize if I can't do all of the blessings with Kavana anymore, I've gone through most of the service, but that last blessing, a last half of a blessing, a last phrase of a blessing, a last word, there is value in every term. Let me capture what I can capture. In a parallel idea to this sense that if, is it worth grabbing? Am I going to want to do it? There's a story that is often told over in different formats, but where a young child is standing on the seashore, a passerby realizes that this young child is lifting up one of several tens of thousands of starfish that have washed ashore. And the child is tossing them back into the sea one at a time. And the passerby yells out to the kid, you're being foolish. Why are you wasting your time? There's thousands of them, tens of thousands perhaps. You can't really make a difference. As the child lets go of one more, soaring into the sea, he yells back, I made a difference for that one. Now, there's one version in the story which has the passerby then join the child. And you're right, kid. And he starts grabbing them and tossing them in quickly. And that generates some recognition by others. Now they see this child plus this adult and they start coming. And by the end of the story, hundreds of people are tossing them in very rapidly and they save most of the, of these, um, uh, of the starfish. But I think that version of the story reduces some of the value in the kind of other direction where simply the story ends with a child's comment. Because even were it to be the case, that nobody helps the child to toss any more in. And even were it to be the case that the child can't toss any more than that one, there's still great value in that one deed. You know, if, if we're in a situation where we recognize 
that there is a person who is in a financial distress, emotional distress, some type of physical difficulty. I cannot absolutely resolve the issue for them totally, but perhaps I can help resolve part of the issue. Perhaps I can resolve part of the issue for part of the time that is still of infinite value. It's a godlike deed that the other person will probably really appreciate, even if I have not fully resolved the big picture issue. Now, of course, we shouldn't forfeit big picture resolutions for small, uh, you know, less significant effect. But where all we can do is that small, current, limited piece. Let's not abandon that due to the fact that I can't do it all. On the other end, if we were on the receiving end, of somebody's kind gestures in a situation where the kind gestures can't solve all of our financial stresses or emotional or physical issues. But in the meantime, it makes us feel good, resolves some of the strain, good for the moment. That is of great value. We can feel that value and therefore we should project that value outward as well. Fascinatingly, after this segment of the Parsha, where Moshe does this seemingly inconsequential act. He's only starting a project that he can never finish and that is of no legal relevance until many years later when finished by Joshua. When he does this act, the Torah continues with the declaration that we articulate whenever the Torah is lifted. This is the Torah that Moshe gave over to the children of Israel. Now, when we're looking at the Torah and we're making that declaration, that's about the whole Torah. And this line could have been said about many of Moshe's great accomplishments. We can imagine when Moshe came down and presented the Ten Commandments, also in this parsha, it could have then proclaimed, Vizosa Torah, this is the Torah that Moshe projected to us. And in fact, the line is addressing ultimately the totality of Torah, but at a certain level, as the Chavetz Chaim points out, the Torah is highlighting this deed of Moshe. And it's highlighting that when Moshe did an act that was not one of the great unique to Moshe acts, was not one of the acts which forever changed our destiny. It was an, it was an act that in fact did not yet really have any full sense of accomplishment. But that is a Torah that we should be learning from and we should be mimicking and recognizing the great value and learning from that and applying it to situations where it seems like this goal is way out of reach, but let me at least do the parts that I can do. Change the goal to be what subset of that larger goal can I actually take on? Can I do and can I fulfill? And that becomes my meaningful goal for the moment. In doing so and recognizing that when the goal Often, by the way, when the goal seems out of reach, it's not really fully out of reach. It just means that we've got to stretch. But even if, in fact, it's out of reach, even if, in fact, this is beyond what I am going to have the capacity to do, even if I put forth my full energy and even if I stretch, let's not lose sight of the fact that there can be a meaningful subset of that goal. And let's remember that a slice of a goal that has infinite value has infinite value. If we can be the type of people who are focused on what we can do rather than what we can't and try to muster up the courage and the humility to be able to take significant steps that we will not be able to see to fruition, but where we take meaningful steps that are productive and are oriented towards that accomplishment, then we will be doing tachlistic steps. So we meaningful steps 
and we are the type of people who will be far more likely to achieve our tachlis.